Hello, Antioch. We are in a series, as Joe said, called Recharging. And if you are here today, whether in person or worshiping with us online, and you have been feeling depleted, you have been feeling tired, you've been feeling like your energy, your batteries have been spent, we're believing that God wants to recharge you. We have all been through so much in the last 18 months. There's a reason you might feel tired in this season. You might be coming to the end of man, I'm tired and I love summer because it allows us to recharge outside. We get some more vitamin D, some more sun. We go to the pool. We go on vacation. But we're also recharging spiritually by coming into God's promises, coming into his presence and being rebuilt from the inside, renewed from the inside. So today we are going to recharge together. We're going to be in Psalm 23. We started looking at this Psalm last week. We're going to continue today all around the theme. Where are you recharging? That you have a good shepherd. You have a good shepherd. I want you to turn to the person beside you and tell them you have a good shepherd. Sometimes we need people to remind us. Turn to the person on the other side and tell them you too have a good shepherd. Let it sink in. That's what I want you to walk away with today. That's what we focused on last week. And there were so many situations in my own life over this last week where I took that simple phrase, Zach, you have a good shepherd. When I felt overwhelmed, when I felt distracted, when I felt discouraged, when I felt dismayed, I had all of those and it was just Monday afternoon, right? And I'd said it probably a hundred times, Zach, you have a good shepherd. And my hope for you is that you would take that little phrase into your week because there is power there. There's recharging power. There is power to bring new life in you and give you clarity and guidance that you have a good shepherd. So I want to encourage you to write that down when you go into your week and your, your kids are going crazy or kids when your parents are going crazy. I want you to remind yourself you have a good shepherd. When you're at work and your boss is doing something or there's a new deal that's going on and it's a little bit overwhelming, I want you to speak to your own spirit and say, I have a good shepherd. Remind yourself this week. And we're going to lean into a couple truths from Psalm 23, leaning into that idea of a good shepherd. And I'm so excited to get to share these things with you from time to time. I will uh, get stiff in, in my back, in between my shoulders uh, after working out or sleeping wrong or whatever. And I learned this little trick. Uh, it's probably, you know, maybe everyone knows it. It was new to me, but to take a tennis ball or to buy a lacrosse ball and to roll around on the floor with that, with that you know, uh, pressure right on the point that felt tight and it'll loosen it up. And, and what I like about what we're going to look at today is as I was going through this this week, on the heart, I know what's going on in so many of our lives. I was like, these are pressure points for all of us, particularly in this season. And I believe that the Lord has both a timeless word, Psalm 23 is timeless, but also a timely word for us in season, right into those places where it feels tight, tense, <clears throat> you can't relax, and the Lord wants to loosen you up and renew you and encourage you. You have a good shepherd. So we're going to be in Psalm 23. If you'll open your Bibles, we're going to read it together. It will be up on the screen, but I encourage you to take out your phone, to look at it on your own screen, to, to bring your Bible with you to church. If you want a paperback or a, a paper Bible, we have those behind the columns on the center aisle. We're going to be in Psalm 23, starting in verse one. I want you to read it with me. It'll be up on the screen. So we're going to say it aloud. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, this powerful psalm was written down for us by King David, describing his testimony, his experience of who God had been in his life, how he had experienced the Lord. And David grew up as a shepherd, and he understood God to be his shepherd, and that God had shepherded him throughout life, and he was describing ways in which God has shepherded him. Now, what's big for us, what's important for us, what I want to make sure that you hear is this is not just David's testimony of a great man of God from long ago, but when Jesus came, Jesus came and he said, I am the good shepherd, and that he desired to relate to all of us like that good shepherd. So when we read David's testimony, we get an opportunity to read and be reminded of how God wants to treat each one of us through Jesus, that Jesus is our good shepherd, and that we too can say, I have a good shepherd. I lack nothing because I have Jesus. He said in John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus speaking, he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must go and bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. So Jesus saying, hey, this testimony from Psalm 23 not just for long ago, this is for you and for me because of what Jesus has done for us, that we all can say that we have a good shepherd. Now, last week we saw some of the reasons that David gave us some of the benefits to being in the flock of Jesus, that, that, that our good shepherd, he provides for us. He leads us into green pastures so we can eat. He leads us beside still water so we can drink, right? He restores our soul. Today, we're going to continue on. David takes us into a few more of the benefits of being in Jesus' flock. And as we go through these, these are going to recharge our spirit. Specifically, there are two things that he shows us today. He shows us God's good guidance and he shows us God's caring comfort. We're gonna focus on verse three and four today, and then next week we will finish the psalm. So let's look at, starting in verse three, uh, the end of verse three, it says, he guides me along right paths for his namesake. So one of the reasons that David is so excited about having God as his shepherd, one of the reasons why he says, I lack nothing, one of the reasons that you and I can be so excited and so thankful that we too have God as our shepherd, that we have a good shepherd, is that God gives guidance, and he gives good guidance. And how many of you know that we all need guidance in life? 
When I was reading about this and thinking about this and thinking about my own life, I remembered uh, early, uh, just before I became a Christian, one of the things that I really wrestled with was I wanted to call the shots for my own life. I wanted to do it my way. If that agreed with God, that was fine, but I was going to do what I wanted to do. And sometimes that worked out well, but there was much in my life that was a train wreck from me trying to guide my own life. Why? I have a limited perspective, right? I've only lived a certain amount of years. I only see through two eyes. I have one person's experience. You too have a limited perspective. You're only a certain age, right? I would look around me and find these heroes or leaders or people, and I'd realize, man, they've only been around a blink longer than I have in the grand scheme of things. They don't have much perspective. They have a limited perspective. But I realized my life was important to me and I needed someone or something with a bigger, a longer lasting perspective. Someone that could see the beginning and the end. Someone that knew me and cared for me and was committed to leading me. And when I met Jesus, that's who I found. And so if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're exploring faith, you're maybe watching this online or you're here with us in the sanctuary and you're trying to make sense of Christianity, one of the things that we want you to know is that Jesus wants to give you the guidance that you need. And if you are tired and weary from trying to lead your own life, navigate your own way, just kind of figure things out on your own, if you are burnt out on that, I want you to know that Jesus wants to be your guide. Jesus wants to be your good shepherd. Now church, my seasoned saints that have been following Jesus for a little bit, you guys know and I want you to think back on places that you have experienced God's guidance when you've come to crossroads, when you've come to places where you're like, I don't know what to do next. So I'm gonna say it again and I wanna encourage you to draw upon your own testimony. When we come to Jesus, we come to a good guide, and he wants to give us guidance. Many of you have experienced that, but if you're not a Christian and you're exploring, this is a great thing to think about as you consider what would it mean to follow Jesus. It would mean that you commit yourself to one who knows the beginning and the end, who is entirely good, who created you. He knows you, and his desire is for you to flourish. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Here in the language of the psalm, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Right? God wants you to become the best version of you. He wants you to become the person that he had in mind when he created you. He wants to bless you, and Jesus wants to guide you into that full and rich and abundant life. And that's what happens when we commit to following him. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, I just want to remind you, I know that we are facing so many decisions. I read recently that sociologists are calling this season that we're in the great resignation 
because of how many people are quitting their jobs coming out of COVID or their office is going back and people are thinking, do I really wanna do that again? I don't know, maybe I should jump ship. And there's just so much career wrestling going on in our generation right now and I know even in our church, right? And you're coming to those places where you're like, I don't know what I need to do, which way is best. I want to remind you that you have a good shepherd who wants to guide you in right paths for his namesake. That you, as a child of God, are not coming to this situation like an orphan, trying to figure out life on your own, but you have a heavenly father who cares for you, who sees you, and wants to give you guidance. If you're considering a career shift or a job change or a pathway at work, this Sunday, I want you to know this word is for you that you can speak over your situation. I have a good shepherd, and he wants to give me guidance. How we discern God's guidance, that's a topic for another sermon, but I just wanted to remind you and renew you today, lest you forget that you are not on your own, and your life is not about you just kind of figuring it out, but it's about our shepherd leading us. I wanna exhort you in this season to obedience in following his voice. The good life that you and I long for, the life that God desires for us, the life that's marked by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control and faithfulness, that life comes through obeying the guidance of our shepherd and letting him lead us. You don't want a self-built life. My guess is that's one of the reasons why you, like me, signed up to follow Jesus is you're like, I, man, I'm making a train wreck of my life. You want a God-built life or a God-guided life. And I want to encourage you in this season to be asking God for guidance about your careers. I'm going to take you on a little detour because I've been talking with so many people over the years about God's guidance. And one of the hangups that I see for Christians is this specific thing that I wanna show you. It's a little detour from the psalm and then we'll come back. Sometimes when we talk about God's guidance, we think of it like a tightrope. Can you put up that picture of the the Walinda guy? So this guy um, is a tightrope walking family. That's Niagara Falls. And he extended a tightrope all over the, the Niagara Falls and walked across it with that little bar. Absolutely amazing. I don't know why anyone would want to do that, but you know, more power to them. And if you're a tightrope walker, cool. Uh, but when we come to the Christian faith, sometimes when we start talking about God's guidance, I know that we can get so intense and we can think that God's guidance is this tightrope that I've got to get right over this huge Niagara Falls and we can work ourselves up into a fit of what is this the exact perfect thing and I've got to have it right or I'm going to blow it. Some of you know what I'm talking about because we've had these conversations. I want to take you into the imagery of the psalm, what David uses to describe this. If you'll put up the picture of the sheep. So think about the contrast. David is not saying, God guides me along the tightrope of life. What he's saying is, God is my shepherd. And there are times when a shepherd does lead a sheep in a very narrow way on a certain path. And there are times in our lives where we need that specific direction. But so much of what the shepherd wants to do is to lead the sheep into pastures where they can roam and graze and eat. 
And so I hope in sharing that, what I'm trying to do is to help you as we talk about God's guidance to not think so much in terms of a tightrope, but think more in terms of the green pastures that God wants to lead you to. And it's about following him, and you may or may not get it all right. You may or may not have an angelic visitation, and you know exactly the thing to do, right? But we can look to his guidance, and we can trust him knowing that his grace is a wide open green space that he wants to lead us. And I believe he wants to lead us into values, maybe even more than specific direction of where to go. So just keep that in mind. We're not talking about a tightrope. We're talking about wide open green space. For those of you that are thinking, uh, specifically as I was praying this week, this came to mind. If you were thinking about a business partnership, someone to partner with, someone to link your business up with or your vocation up with, you need God's guidance. Scripture is full of stories of people who made partnerships without asking for God's guidance and it ended poorly. Don't link yourself in a partnership, whether in business or in relationship, without letting your shepherd guide you. He knows more than you do and you don't have to do everything on your own. Parents. There are so many things that we can worry about with our kids. So many challenges, school, discipline, bedtimes, food, sports, relationships. What about this and what about that? We can just be so filled with anxiety. I want you to know that God wants to guide you as a good shepherd in your parenting. That you are not coming to parenting alone, but you have a shepherd who will lead you in right paths for his name's sake. Now, I'm preaching to somebody today. Maybe it's just me. You guys, you know, let's lean in here. God wants to guide you in your parenting. All the tired toddler parents, you need to give me a hallelujah on that one. All of those with teenage kids where you're trying to map the future, just know you've got a good shepherd who wants to guide you in your parenting. You are not going alone. And I want to encourage you not just to talk at God about this. Not just to worry about this, but to listen to your shepherd's voice and let him guide you. One of the things as we talk about jobs, and I just scribbled down some areas where I just know that we're working through things as a church, as individuals working through things. One of the things when we talk about jobs or career decisions that I think is so important is we can sometimes import a worldly mindset into what it looks like to get guidance from God. Uh, My wife and I, we used to live overseas, and where we lived, the way that they made DVDs, which is what we watch movies on before everything was streamed, uh, it was built for a different region than the United States. And so we would have people come and visit, and they would go into the market, and they would find all these black market DVDs that they were excited about. I remember one guy bought the entire uh, collection of the Simpsons DVDs, the big Simpsons fan, and was going to bring those home and just kind of binge watch The Simpsons. What he didn't realize was those DVDs were ran on a different region so they wouldn't play in an American DVD player. So once he got home, he was disappointed, right? He was trying to import one way of doing things into another culture, into another kingdom, so to speak. When it comes to career and it comes to God's guidance, I find that so often we can, out of just... I don't know, not not knowing, we can import a worldly mindset into our careers 
and be looking for God's guidance through something that's made for a different region. How many of you know that when you started to follow Jesus, you were transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved son, right? Things work differently in the kingdom of God than in the kingdoms of this world. In the kingdoms of this world, the way that we think about work and we look for guidance is what's best for me? What's gonna make me come alive? What's gonna compensate me? What's gonna bring me the best this or that? What do I need, right? That's the way that we think about it. And it's not that those questions are bad or don't have their place. I'm not saying that. But in the kingdom of God, we think differently. And the questions, if you're like, I need God's guidance, some questions to ask out of this psalm are, God, where do you want to be glorified? How do you want to be glorified in my work? And how can I serve someone else? Or who can I serve? Who can I serve? And how can you be glorified? If you're taking notes, you want to write those down. Who can I serve and how can you be glorified? That's the right pass for his namesake. My parents live by a university. And when I go to their house, sometimes it's hard for me to find their house on my own. They moved into that house long after I moved out of, out of where we grew up. So it's not a familiar location to me. But because they live by a university, I know that if I can find the university, I can find their house. The university obviously is much bigger than their house. It's a landmark. Some of you probably drive via landmarks. The landmarks where we find God's guidance for believers is saying, God, how do you want to get glory in this situation? And who can I serve? And your house, the house of the best version of you, the house of the you that God desires you to be, the best version of you is located by the landmark of God getting glory, and people getting served. So when you're thinking about careers and maybe it's time for a change or a shift, I just want to encourage you, look for the landmarks. Look for the right paths for his namesake. God, how do you want to be glorified and who can I serve? And if you'll ask those questions, you'll find yourself right in the place where you need to be, the place of God's guidance. God provides, God restores, and he guides you have a good shepherd and you lack nothing. Now, he goes on uh, in, in verse four and he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Why do we need to know this? Why is this so meaningful? Why is this so important? Because every single one of us is gonna go through pain. Every single one of us is going to go through dark valleys. There's a reason that line gets quoted in so many songs and referenced in so many movies culturally because it connects with something that we all feel. We can all relate to the dark valley. We can all relate to the place of pain. And what I want to encourage you with is in that dark valley that we will all go through, that because we have Jesus as our shepherd, he is with us in the dark valley. He is with us in our pain. If you came to church today, and that's where you would describe that you are, you are in the valley of the shadow of death, I want you to know your shepherd is there with you. He is with us in our pain. When we have ministry time here in a moment at the end of the service, one of the places that I believe the Lord wants to minister to people are in places where you are in pain. 
where you are in a dark valley, where you're in the valley of the shadow of death. And I believe the Lord wants you to know today that he is with you. And I believe that he wants to touch you and encourage you and build you up. So we're going to pray into that in a moment. We all need a defense. We're all going to go through things in life where we need someone to come to our defense, some place where they're enemies. When the shepherd had the rod and the staff, they were used. One of the things they were used for was for defense. We all need defense. We all need correction. That's the other thing a staff was used for, was to keep a sheep from wandering off and going into a ditch. They'd be corrected, right? And we all need comfort, every single one of us. And what we see is that in Jesus, we have one who will be with us in our pain, who will be our defender, who will be our corrector, and who will be our comforter. Interestingly enough, uh, I read a book in preparing for this from a shepherd who is a believer, but he spent most of his life as a shepherd, and he described this psalm from the shepherd's perspective. And in there, he said there was a reason that a shepherd would take sheep into the valley every year. He said in the spring and the fall, the sheep would be in the lowlands and they would feed on the grass that was there. But when summertime was coming, it was going to be hot and the best grass was found up in the mountains. And so to take sheep up mountains to the high ground where the good grass was, where the cool air was, you had to go through the valley that the valley was the pathway up the mountain, that it was in the valley that sheep found the water that they needed for the journey. And he said this would happen every year as summer came. You would go through the valley up into the high ground. And he made the point that so often for us believers, that it is in the valley that we find the water of life in a fresh way. And it's as we go through places of pain with the Lord that we come out on high ground, places we never thought we'd be, but with a testimony of what God had done and fresh grass for us to feed on, cool air for us to be in. So often the way of growth is through the valley. But I wanna encourage you today, it can be overwhelming when you are in the valley. I have been in the valley many times and many times have encountered the Lord there. In fact, some of the dividing lines of my life have come in the valleys of my life. At the same time, those are the places where it is so tempting to throw it in and just to say, Hi, I'm done. I don't, I don't know that my shepherd is with me anymore. Right in those places. And if that's you today, we want to minister to you because I want you to know and I want you to be encouraged to persevere, not by finding strength within yourself, but by looking at Jesus, looking at your shepherd Why does David remind us that God, our shepherd, is with us in our valleys? He reminds us this to remind us that God is not aloof from our trials. God is not distant from your pain. God is not absent from your valley. But in the valleys that we will all go through, he is with us. His rod and his staff are there, and he brings us comfort in those places of pain. So as we head into a time of ministry, I want to remind you today that you have a good shepherd. You have a shepherd who guides you in right paths for his namesake. You have a shepherd who is with you in the valleys of the shadow of death that you and I can pass through. That his rod and his staff are there to bring us comfort. 
As I shared with you last week, we're not doing this sermon series to learn about recharging, to learn the dynamics of a recharger and how that happens. We're here because I believe that the Lord wants to recharge us, that he wants to pour out his spirit on us in a fresh way. So as the worship team comes up, I wanna invite you to stand. My phone can be on low battery, but the only way that it's gonna get charged up is if I plug it into a charger. And you can come here today in person or online and you might be low battery, right? But the pathway to being recharged is us coming before the Lord, plugging ourselves into the charger. What does that look like here in a moment? The worship team is gonna lead us. And I wanna encourage you as they lead us in song to take your hands out of your pockets, to open up your mouth and to sing to the Lord. God meets us in the place of his praise. And if there are specific things related to a job, or specific places of pain that you are going through. I believe that God wants to work through the church to encourage one another. So if you are a staff member, an overseer on our prayer and prophetic team, if you would come forward and be ready to pray for people, if you're a life group leader, come forward. Last week, the ministry time was full with people just, I need to be recharged. And I don't want you to check out right now. I want you to plug in, and if that's you, I'm believing that the Lord wants to minister to you today, wants to bring you encouragement, wants to bring you breakthrough, wants to bring you hope. So we're gonna worship and we're going to respond after I pray, Jesus, thank you that you are our good shepherd, that every person here, Lord, every person, whether in the room or worshiping with us online, that you want to shepherd us, that you want to be our good shepherd, that you want to give us guidance, that you want to lead us, that you want to lead us in right paths for your namesake. Every place that we're in the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, that we can say we fear no evil because you are with us. Thank you for your rod and your staff that bring us comfort, Lord. And I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that your comfort and your care would begin to minister to your people and that you would recharge us, young and old, in Jesus' name, as the Lord leads, I want to invite you to come forward and let's worship together.